To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 101. The Opinionated Bench Warmers are back. Got your boy Rob, the voice you're hearing right now. Got Ramon. Say what's up, Ramon. What's up? How y'all doing, man? What's up? Say what's up, Los. Oh, yeah. What's happening? Oh, yeah. We all in here together. The gang gang is back for another episode to get it in. First of all, how you fellas feeling today? I'm good, man. It's been a good day. I'm out here in Colorado Springs. The weather has been kind of <laughs> cold, getting a little bit cold right now. But other than that, I'm good. Yeah, man, been a pretty good day. Not too crazy, not too hectic or anything. Uh, just ready to kind of get this rolling. Still kind of crazy to me that we in the triple digits, man. Hearing 101 was kind of wild to hear when you just introed it real quick. So I'm just excited about that, man, and ready to get rolling. It's crazy, man. I'm doing well as well. Louisiana, it doesn't know what it want to do as always. It don't know whether it want to be hot or cold. It'll be cold in the morning and you taking off all your layers in the evening time, but it's all good. We talk here to talk about sports, so it's always good. We're going to start off with the big news. I guess, you know, Carlos, we've been talking off air a lot about it since it happened, us for Ron included, and Odell Beckham made it through the waiver process and he ended up signing with the LA Rams for a deal. I know that you were very excited about that. We was able to see him play 15 snaps on Monday. You know, it really wasn't, it was a small sample size. So we really can't judge off that at all. But I mean, hey, Odell's there. You know, you know, he's only going to get better. He's going to get more snaps. He's going to get more acquainted with Matthew Stafford. But right now, I mean, let's talk about the loss that the Rams took. They took a serious L in Odell's debut against the 49ers um it didn't look good I mean mainly it looks like defense was the issue there but I mean talk about it man what what do Odell mean to LA and you know what what are the Rams implications going forward yeah that's a um that's a good question man I think you know being that he came in and only played or only been with the team two two days you know we couldn't expect him to come in and play a full complement of snaps so and also looking at the game and the game script with the Rams being down, it forced them to take Odell off the field because we couldn't do hurry up offense with Odell because he doesn't know enough of the offensive playbook and things of that nature. So that pulled them off the field as well. I did like that they got him involved with the first play of the drive, you know, kind of welcomed him, gave him that first catch. But again, we'll see how it goes going forward. I don't see, I don't see, I see him fitting in well. Uh, especially with Robert Woods being out that opens up targets. Um, you know, Robert Woods tearing his ACL this past week or so. 
Um, so that opened up targets for him. And I think he's going to do well on the team. I think he's going to get six to seven targets a game. Um, you know, and he's one of those players. He's electric, you know, and that's why a lot of people was after him. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 teams after him um, that wanted his services. But, you know, reports came out today that ultimately Odell was going after the Rams and he wanted that market. He wanted that off field market. He knew that he could make a lot of money off the field. He spends a lot of time there during the off season. So, um, you know, like every star, you know, they want to be in LA where the lights are bright, you know, he just didn't do well. He did well in New York where the lights are bright. He wanted that big market, you know, and you can't knock a man for wanting to um, expand his brand. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. And it's just kind of, jump on that point as well with that market like I I really feel that that's one of the best things y'all could have done as an organization is to go back to LA because I think that what y'all have done and created and just kind of hear me out for a second here but when you think about that LA market you think about that attracting stars but what y'all have really become is kind of like the signature football team out there so when you think about LA LA has you know, when I think about the major sports, they normally have about two teams in each major sport. But y'all have kind of occupied now really kind of that Lakers role out there or that Dodgers role out there in L.A. where y'all are going to attract the premier star talent because they're going to kind of look to the Rams before they look to the Chargers out there, especially with y'all getting out there before them. And so I think that this is kind of a trend that you're going to continue to see with star players as they're part of the reason why you saw Matthew Stafford elect to go out there, you know, even with seeing how the whole Von Miller thing transpired, I believe that the Rams going back to LA was like one of the best moves for the organization. And so, like I said, they're occupying kind of that Lakers and Dodgers role, whereas you see the Chargers kind of occupying that, you know, Angels role or occupying that Clippers role. Clippers. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like an interesting parallel right there. But like you said, with Odell, I think that ultimately it's going to be a really good landing spot for him. Like you said, the targets are going to be there. Uh, hopefully Stafford can take his eyes off of uh, Cooper Cup for just a couple of <laughs> possessions, just a couple of targets out there. But um, I think that ultimately it'll be a good fit. It's what's needed with the Robert Woods situation. And also, too, you know, with Deshaun Jackson leaving the team and the organization, we have seen Van Jefferson step up and occupy a certain role. But I think that ultimately uh, what Odell can provide is going to be big time for the Rams. And you're going to see it pay dividends. It was just too soon to really see that pay off. Yeah. And so, you know, and to answer your second question, Rob, you know, in, in regards to the game, too, and I know you kind of set us up a little bit for that. And, you know, it was a game that a team that the 49ers had beat us four times going into that game, four times in a row. And the 49ers are a team that they're not going to hide what they're doing. The Rams have been more known as a finesse team. But when a team comes and punch them in the mouth, they just have not responded well to that. Um, and so it is frustrating as a fan watching that type of game when a team is running the ball. We know they're running the ball and there's nothing we can do about it when you can't stop it. You know, they're getting six to seven yards a run. Um, so. Um, the thing is, you know, the Rams can expect teams are going to use that blueprint against them going forward. So hopefully they can make some type of adjustments where, you know, I saw a stack today where it said that the Rams only filled the box, eight-man box, 7% of the time when we knew the 49ers were going to run the ball. That's so – that's mind-boggling to me. It's like, why not make Garoppolo beat you, stuff the box, stop the run, make Garoppolo be the guy to beat you instead of 
playing this zone coverage thing. So there's different things kind of going out there. You know, why didn't they put Jalen Ramsey on the best players? You know, why wasn't he on Debo? Why wasn't he on Kittle? Why was he guarding Trent Sherfield? Like, why? Why is he clamping up Trent Sherfield? You know, why is he not on Debo? You know, you pay this guy the top dollar, be the top corner in the league, put him on the best players, you know. Um, you know, the Rams are really trying to do this thing where they're trying to make Jalen Ramsey unavoidable to the quarterback. So they're putting him in different spots. But there's certain games where you need to take out the best player, the DeAndre Hopkins, the Devontae Adams. You need to have Jalen Ramsey, his impact of just single-handedly taking out those Debo Samuels type players will make an impact for the defense. You know, the, the, the team then, the, our, the offense then has to um, adjust and you know once you take out their best weapon so again uh, I'm really not happy with Raheem Morris as defensive coordinator right now he has a lot to approve if we're going to be a championship team yeah um, well the Rams obviously you know Odell wants to go to a contender uh, and it reports came out that it came down to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers as well as the LA Rams um, of course clearly the Rams are a contender but I wanted to kind of get into some other contenders that may be brewing. I think the AFC is surprisingly is, is wide open. I think the NFC, you know, has a couple of teams when it come to mind out the gate when I think of the Cowboys who uh, shook back in a major fashion this past week, um, blowing out uh, who, who they played this past week. They blew them the out. Falcons, right? The Falcons, no. uh, which was a which was a good win for them. And then, of course, you got the Tampa Bay Bucks who have been kind of sputtering a little bit. They lost to us, and then they had an embarrassing loss. And to me, they went into Washington, and, and you know, I don't know what what they what they had going on. Tom Brady, just every other game seems like he just throwing picks like nothing. Uh, but, you know, you can't just deny them as contenders. Um, those are just a few teams that come to mind. I'm sure y'all can think of more that come to, come to mind. But uh, does, does the Rams, do you feel like uh, the Rams, of course, we kind of discussed them, but – who are some other contenders you're seeing trying to kind of just taking over, kind of just kind of leading the pack a little bit now? In the uh, I mean, I think it's kind of fitting that you just use that word pack um, and talking about the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I think that it's arguable that when you look at them, you know, outside of that blip on their radar with starting the season against the Saints, they've arguably had the most impressive, you know, start to the season. You think about that outside of that, of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers being out of the game, you know, and them, you know, dropping that one. But outside of that, they've been impressive. And it's not just offensively, like they've been impressive on both sides of the ball. Defensively, to me, they've been in the upper echelon as, as it relates to teams, you know, and performing on that end, even shedding out um, Seattle in this past week with, you know, the, the big return of Russell Wilson and people feeling that. He was going to get that offense flowing, being able to get the ball to DK Metcalf, being able to get the ball potentially to Tyler Lockett. And you saw pretty much those guys were rendered useless against that Green Bay defense. And to me, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you're always in a contention when you have one of the greatest of all time that's still playing at peak level. You still know what Devontae Adams can do out there. Of course, now I know that they're facing kind of the issue with Aaron Jones' health with the recent um, issue with his MCL but he still should be fine, you know, to go forward with the season, probably miss a couple of weeks. So when I think, you know, of contenders right now, and I think of teams that are, are prime time, like you mentioned, the pack, I think that the Packers are, are right up there with anybody. Yeah, so let's shift to the AFC. I think it's way wide, it's way more wide open than it has been so far in this season at this point. Teams are really jockeying for position to get into the playoffs, of course. 
Uh, the NFL has added an extra week to the season. So teams are definitely being cognizant with their stars and trying to not overwork them. Um, I kind of want to jump back to the MC first because I, I did think find something interesting, and that was with the Panthers. And they got off to a high start, and we've discussed it in past podcasts, and we felt like Sam Donald had finally found his home. But I feel like maybe he's come back down to earth, guys. I mean, he's been playing terrible, lack of better words, and that led to another big signing, which we'll discuss now. And then uh, Sam Donald will be out for a couple of weeks, so they signed Cam Newton back to, to the Panthers, which doesn't make any sense because they're paying his replacement, of course, in Teddy Bridgewater. They're paying Sam Donald. Now they're paying uh, paying Cam to come back. So it just seems like the, the general office, whoever's that GM, is, is in disarray in that front office. But lo and behold, here we go. I look at the Panthers. Um, they look better defensively. Stephon Gilmore is who he is. Um, I think he's a little banged up as well. But do you feel like the Panthers are – do you feel like they was fools go from the jump now that we see what they are and we – what is this, 12 now? I don't think necessarily the Panthers are fool's goal. I think Sam Darnold was fool's goal because he was he has been, as you mentioned, a huge problem of their issues. And we've seen, you know, the different things that happened with Robbie Anderson getting on him and yelling at him on the sideline, those clips and stuff. He has been the biggest issue, you know, it's, if it's holding the ball too long, throwing bonehead interceptions. Those have been the issues that caused that team to really – have their mistakes and not to mention you missing your best player and Christian McCaffrey who's missed the last few weeks. I think they're a pretty good team. They just need a steady quarterback. I don't know if Cam is that, you know, Cam has been a player that has been inconsistent the last few years and he's been unhealthy. I mean, speaking of being back, we all saw the clip of him saying he's back. <laughs> we'll see if he's truly back and, you know, if he's truly healthy, if he can be that Cam of O on the goal line, if he can make those key throws and still and be that special Cam, I don't know. I, I'm not a bit. I'm uh, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet say that he is. But we'll see how things go with that team. Um, I really like their chances. I think they have a young, fast defense. They have some special players on their defense, and not to mention they just added Stephon Gilmore. That was a good trade for them, um, you know. And I think they have the right pieces to make some noise. But it's going to take steady quarterback play. Yeah, I think you said it all right there. Ultimately, it comes down to that position. And I can't really say, I mean, am I rooting for Cam to do well? Yes, I'm rooting for him to do well. Do I have the utmost confidence that he's going to come in there and he's going to solve all the problems and issues? I really don't. I think that what you may see is you may see that Cam Newton for a couple of weeks where it's like, oh, you know, he's looking, you know, the Superman of old and kind of showing a little bit of that. But as we've seen the last few seasons with Cam Newton, as the season goes on, as the season wanes on, you start to see that arm weaken. You start to see him, you know, make some questionable decisions. And I just think that those kind of things are just going to transpire again. I think that it's a great story right now. I think that it looks good. I think that the dynamics of it are, are great for the morale of the team. But I think that ultimately, as it wanes on, um, I think that you will kind of see Cam fade again, even though he's coming on hot right now with probably even starting in this week. So, um Kind of interesting, but, you know, like Lowe said, it comes down to QB play. Good stuff, man. Moving along, we'll touch on the AFC a bit. Um, I think we, we should talk about one contender in the AFC who's always been a contender for the past, like, three or four years, and that's not, nothing beyond the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Uh, I heard it floating around ESPN that Patrick Mahomes is finally fixed. Patrick Mahomes looked phenomenal uh, this past Sunday night. And oh, was that Monday? Was it Monday or Sunday? I think it was Sunday night. Sunday night. night. Sunday night. Sunday. And um, who are they playing? I forget. They played the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> he looked phenomenal against the Raiders. Him and uh, t- him and Tyreek Hill looked, uh, looked like themselves. The offense was very explosive like we're used to seeing. I think I'm one of those ones that subscribe to it. I think that at every point of the season, a team like this who has these high expectations by everyone that watches the sport, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs is on the top of everybody list year in and year out. I think it's, you see the same similar thing in the NBA when it's a team that you know is going to be there, like the Brooklyn Nets, you know they're going to be there. They're just looking to coast and, and until things get real. And I think at, at this point in week 12, I think the Chiefs are – focused now and they're ready to get going they you know all the other games are just you know it's regular season games they're treading water but I think at this point we've seen them I think that they finally turned the corner I only need to see it one time Uh, I think that Patrick Mahomes has heard the noise and he's tired of hearing it as well as Tyreek Hill so I I mean I think that this this team is back and I think that they're looking as serious as ever along with the Baltimore Ravens I think uh, like my like my favorite Ramon which you you joked on me uh, when I said it but I think that those are some AFC teams that I look at and I'll be like, hey, this is the cream of the crop in that league. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that front. I do think that the Chiefs are turning the corner. Obviously, you want to see things continue to develop defensively as they've shown kind of the last couple of weeks. So hopefully they can continue to, uh, to be better on that side of the ball. Uh, but outside of those two teams, you know, I will say Tennessee still does look good. Uh, Tennessee is still in that mix. I know that to me, it's going to be tough when it gets into playoff time and you don't have a guy like Derrick Henry, you know, unless he's able to make a miraculous comeback, which all the reports are saying he's out for the season, but it's still kind of cryptic and leaving a little bit of a window there. Uh, But if Derrick Henry isn't able to return, then I can't really see them going all the way. Uh, So they are in the mix. You still have a team like Buffalo that's sitting out there that still remains in the mix when you're being led by, you know, who could be considered the MVP front runner right now and Josh Allen and the way that he's playing. Um, He's just playing at a a tremendous level right now. Plus with the league anyway, even that award is kind of wide open. But I think the team that's floating under the radar right now is honestly the New England Patriots in the way that they've been playing recently. Now, when it comes That's down really to good. yeah, when it comes down to playoff football, I don't know if I'm still going to believe in McCorkle Jones yet. Uh, just yet to believe that he can take those boys uh, all the way. But you know, you've seen that defense kind of round into form. They've had a couple of dominant wins recently, and I think they've rolled off like maybe three straight. Um, and you know, it's been decent competition that they face I, I know that they beat the Chargers which Chargers are a decent team also you know kind of handled the the Panthers pretty easily blew out the Browns just this past week um and also actually I think it's been four straight because they beat the Jets as well and blew them out and so you're kind of seeing that team round into form and almost look like the Patriots that we're accustomed to really seeing year in and year out with Bill Belichick at the helm and so I think that there's someone to watch. And like you said, the AFC is just wide open, honestly, at this point. I can see several teams making a run. Good stuff. I really like those Patriots. We'll have an opportunity to watch them uh, when this recording comes out. They play the Falcons on Thursday night. So we'll see what these Patriots are made of. So let's kind of shift to the NBA. We're on a, a kind of a time constraint. 
Uh, there has some been been some play team. I'm just going to ask you this question. I'm putting it out there. We're going to discuss it because we don't have time to discuss it all. But how impressive has these Washington Wizards been so far this season? I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe it at all with this fast start. But I look at the NBA season in 10 game samples. And I mean, so far of what I've seen, 10 plus games, these team, this team is looking very, very good. They have a lot of great pieces, which we've been accustomed to seeing as Lakers fans with, you know, with Kuzma, of course, with KCP, uh, with Montrez Harrell, if given an opportunity. And, you know, you lump that with uh, Bradley Beal. We know what he is, and he's been off and on this season. He hasn't been really playing that much this season, and this team has been very successful. Um, these Wizards, are y'all believing it? I know it's super early, but are y'all believing it, or is this fool's gold? I would say it's it's a little bit of a mix for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't say they're the number one team, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in the East. I wouldn't say that. I know record-wise right now, they are technically. I would say, but when it's all said and done, they're probably going to fall somewhere around four or five when things start to try, kind of mellow out. But I would say they have a good nucleus. You know, we've seen before when you add Kuzma, he's a good role player. You add KCP, another good role player. And you add Montrez Harrell, you know, another good player who's been, uh, you know, a six-man of the year before. You know, when you add those type of pieces to a team already that had you pretty much gave up Russell Westbrook for three solid pieces. You know what I'm saying? Three rotational players, one making the six man, one that's played at a high level and one that's played good defensively and can a three and D type guy. So when you add those pieces to that type of team that already had some good solid pieces like Bradley Bill, obviously, and also adding Spencer Dinwiddie over the, the you know over over free agency you add all those together you have good players that mesh they're just not players that hey you know let's just get a bunch of talented guys together they got all got good roles on that team and so that's why i think this team has been successful is they all kind of fit in a great role on that team which we've seen that again those three players i just named from being former lakers fed a good filled a good role on the lakers so I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't believe the hype to answer your question just yet. Give me give me to about January. If they still leading that thing, then I'm like, okay, you know what? They real deal. They could do it. Right now, I'm just I'm just not I'm not there yet. I still think, you know, they're gonna they're gonna face some reality soon. Yeah, um, I'm still not there yet, honestly, with them either. I do think that the start has been impressive and Los kind of ran through everything as it relates to the production of the players, you know, even seeing Montrez be, be back to his sixth man of the year type of stats that he's putting up with averaging 18 a game. Again, seeing Kuz rebound the ball at a, you know, pretty high clip and all of that. And so, you know, I think that they've been off to a good start. Do I think that this is something that's sustainable that they'll be, you know, at the top of the conference throughout the duration of the year? I don't really see that. You know, I do think that they'll fall to me around like a five or six seed once the playoffs roll around, maybe have a chance to get out of the first round. But they're a team that's not going past the second round in the playoffs. So I don't really buy it as true contenders out there in the East. It's a good start. It's a nice start for them. But I don't see it, you know, long term. So I'm not really buying it. Just to add on, the defending NBA champions are six and eight right now in the Eastern Conference. So it's super early. Great points. No need to reiterate or add on to anything you said. Who has been a team that has been equally as impressive? And 
ironically, is number two in the East right now is those Chicago Bulls. To no surprise to me, I said it in our NBA preseason uh, special on podcast, Ramon, the Chicago Bulls being at the top does not surprise me. Um, they have a great team. Um, they they have a good nucleus, as, as you know, just like Lowe said about the Wizards with, you know, Lonzo Ball, Nukovic, uh, and um, – of course, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on DeMar DeRozan. DeMar Zach DeRozan. Levine. Yeah, Zach Levine. You know, those guys, they have a great set of team and then along with great coaching. So, I mean, I think that it's a it's a team that's to reckon with. I think that they'll be a top four, top five team in the East. Easily, you know, I, I'm thinking top three. Um, but, you 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 know, when you have a team like that, that's, that's hard-nosed like them and, and as, as selfless as it is, it just seems like – it just seems to make sense – um, I saw a stat with Lonzo where he has improved in in his first compared to his first three seasons in three point percentage, uh, shooting at over forty percent. Um, he's shooting eighty six percent from free throw. Where previously he was shooting, I think, at a low fifty percent, and then he's shooting, I think, like some close to sixty or seventy percent from the field. His improvement has just been phenomenal. And it kind of makes you think about Ben Simmons a little bit. I'm not going to get back on Ben. I know we talk about Ben a lot on this podcast, but just his improvement as a shooter, and he was criticized a lot about his shot, and he is statistically-wise is a great shooter in the NBA this season. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, you summed it up with the development of Lonzo, him um, actually becoming a really good shooter in this league. That team is rolling. I do honestly believe that they are – uh, I actually believe they are legit, you know, when we talk about teams. And I think that one thing that people kind of questioned about them was, too, how would they defend as a team? People didn't know if they would really be a good defensive team. And you've seen them come together on that side of the ball. They already have the offensive pieces. We know that Zach Levine is a bonafide star in this league. He's a bucket. DeMar DeRozan, uh, we saw how he obliterated the two L.A. teams to pretty much send a message, even kind of how he talked about how he expected to be a Laker this year, which I thought was another interesting nugget there, and kind of basically let the team know, hey, y'all should have chose me. Uh, I should have been that guy. But I believe that they're legit. People are talking about Caruso and, and finally are seeing what we saw as Lakers fans. They told us all the time that we were overhyping Caruso, and now everyone wants to talk about how great of a player he is we already knew that he was that guy. He's a really high-end role player. What he does on the defensive side of the ball is invaluable. He just plays winning basketball. So they are actually a legit contender out there in the East. They're, they're for real. Yes, sir. Do we have a little time to discuss how slow our Lakers are starting? Uh, starting out, I think it's only right as Lakers fans. Um, I'm just quite uh, – I, I waited 10 games to really judge us, but we look pretty bad right now. Guys, I ain't gonna lie. We 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 we're eight and eight and we're eight, eight and seven, seven. eight and seven right now. Seven. It's time to call a spade a spade. It's like AD said in the press conference. We we it's simply we suck. We suck, you know. And I think we we may have fell victim in just putting together pieces and not quite thinking through of how they'll mesh. Yeah, I think you look at it. You know, you. So I think first of all, I would say Palinka did a good job. Cause I see what he did. Right. We talked about, we kind of touched on DeMar DeRozan and his situation and what happened and, you know, him pretty much thinking that he was going to be a Laker. Um, we seen Kuz come out and say on podcasts before that he was all set on being 
on the Sacramento Kings, you know? So we seen that happen where we thought we we're going to get Buddy Hill and part of that Buddy Hill coming up where we was going to find a way to get the Martha Rose and be a part of that team. The one thing that changed all that was Russell Westbrook going to ownership with the Wizards and saying, hey, I want to go back home. He got rumblings that that Buddy Hill was going to the Lakers and that was going to be the deal. He said, okay, this is my opportunity. And the Lakers had to make a decision. Do we go and get Russell Westbrook and, or do we go and get Buddy Hill? And so that changes the whole game plan for the Lakers team building. So after they decided to go with Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple Double, they started signing shooters on the team. You know, teams, players that have been shooters the previous years and shot a high percentage the previous year, you know, they haven't done so hot on the team so far. You know, Baysmore, he was a high shooter. We've seen Melo shoot the ball pretty well in his six-man role this year. Wayne Ellington is starting to finally kind of come on. But those are the type of guys he was starting to sign. You know, we got Kendrick Nunn. These guys that shot 35% or higher from the three-point line the previous year. And so that was the team that he tried to build. But what's the right? I think what's the Lakers' problem right now is they haven't had enough time to mesh. If it's in one player or the next being hurt, they haven't been on the floor at the same time. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, Frank Rogel decided not to play them really preseason together and give them more time together. So really the Lakers got on the court the first time really was a game, uh, one half of a game before the season started. And since the game's been started, players have been in and out. Right now LeBron James is out. So I'm interested to see if they can get it together in time but I don't know if it's going to be enough time for this team to mesh and figure out their roles and Frank Vogel to figure out the rotations. Yeah. Um, I agree with y'all that right now, honestly, we suck, but I just think that it's a little bit too early to press the panic button. Do things need to ramp up and, and get better? I just think that, you know, being this early off in the season, even when we saw, I know this is a different team, so I'm not trying to say the same thing, but even when we saw the Miami heat come together in 2011, they started off nine and eight that season. And then they went on a run as they began to figure some things out. This team has not been healthy. You've seen THT only be able to play two games, you know, to the point of us recording this. You see Kendrick Nunn has not played so far yet this season. As you mentioned, Wayne Ellington finally getting into the rotation. So you really just haven't had the pieces in the bodies. And I think that a lot of times things do get a little overblown when you're talking about the Lakers. You know, obviously, you know, that's going to be the big market the big name in the league but you look at even as you mentioned and talked about Milwaukee they're the defending champion and as we're recording right now they sit at six and eight they sit at six and eight and you're not hearing anything about that you know or people will give them the excuses that Chris Middleton has been out eight games okay LeBron has missed eight games um so you know I think that ultimately you still just have to give this team time do they suck right now has this team played well up until this point no, they have not played well, but have they had some impressive wins? You know, I look at that game against Miami that LeBron did not play, and you playing, to me, one of the premier teams in the East and being able to beat that team without LeBron. Do I know that Jimmy Butler went out at a certain point of that game? Yes, but I think ultimately you just have to give it time. It doesn't look the best right now, but I think that this team ultimately, too, is built for playoff basketball, and I think that if you wind up in hopefully a decent seed, then you'll see it materialize when the time is really necessary. I agree. The verdict is still out for our Los Angeles Lakers. I have not, we have not lost hope. We know that we still potentially could 
win it all and we were built to do so. So I'm not going to panic yet, but I am concerned. <laughs> my eyebrow is kind of raised, but my hope's still there. Uh, but we can go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening and hanging with us again for episode 101. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, make sure that you leave a review if you haven't done so already. Make sure that you're sharing this with a friend. Make sure that you are following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. That's where we're most active. And you can find us on Facebook. Just simply search Opinionated Benchwarmers. OB has also joined the radio waves. Yes, you can catch your Opinionated Benchwarmers for a small segment on a new show that has been created called The Simply Simone Show that is in the New Orleans and Baton Rouge markets. You can find us on 99.1. That's 10 a.m. Uh, on Thursdays, every Thursday at on 99.1 at 10 a.m., you can find a segment of Opinionated Benchwarmers updating the local Baton Rouge and New Orleans market on the sports scene. So make sure that you check us out. We're on there. We're steady. We're continuing to expand and you're part of that growth. So make sure that you check us out on there if you do listen to radio. Uh, until next time, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Later. Later.